All right. It's been a really surreal week for me. Once again, I went to, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've been going back and forth to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And it's just really bizarre. This week I went there and Lebanon, Lebanon is most people say, it, but it's Lebanon. I don't say Lebanon to the people there. They'll get a little piffy. Anyway, everybody there had my stepfather's accent. I grew up in Southern California. And it was just really bizarre because he passed away, I think it was 2012, and she's a fantastic guy. So here I am in Lebanon, and, or Lebanon, and everybody's got his accent. It was just amazing. It was just really cool. And when I told him that, I said, this is, I was in the driver's room, and I said, wow, I'm just really blown away. I said, you guys all got my stepfather's accent. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I just really miss that guy. And, and they were really cool, you know, and they were telling me about the area. And it was just really sharp and, you know, it just kind of made my day. But uh, it was still kind of sad. And the other thing that happened was my friend's mother passed away. And she was an amazing human being. And, you know, part of the reason I may do this podcast is because of her, her and her husband are musicians. And the one thing I learned from them was, it doesn't matter how many people listen as long or, or look at your art, as long as you're doing what it is you need to do creative, you know, to be creative, you know, to get out there. And they were the first two people I ever interviewed. It was a, it was Pasadena public school district. And I did this interview where, you know, they came in and, you know, the, the, these, these guys are famous, you know, really busy people and artists. And they actually came in for me when I was a kid and uh, sat down for the interview so I could, you know, pass this class. And they were the most interesting people I knew. And I just thought it was fascinating. I remember being so nervous. So it was the two, first two people I ever interviewed was uh, my friend's parents. And I think a lot of, you know, I, I, I wanted to get into television and, and radio and I didn't do it. And then, you know, this podcasting thing came about and it was like, wow, I could be the gatekeeper and I can do it and I can do what I want to do. And I think that's a lot of it has started off with my friend's parents, you know, t showing me that it was possible and it was okay. And that it didn't matter as long as you were happy doing what you were doing. And I think... You know, that's that's the important part. So anyway, that's maybe I'll go into more in depth on that later because yeah, I'm just it's just too fresh and I don't know if I can handle talking about it. But anyway, let's get on with the news. All right, here's the news for November third, twenty twenty. Here we go. that hammer down all across the nation checking cities off his list sharing stories of the road right here on his station you are listening to the kingfish yes you've tuned in to the kingfish radio network mm. Expand your mind 
on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, this one's kind of interesting. I just love this. So this pig hauler down in Missouri, because it was pretty hot that day, and he broke down and he was worried about, you know, the pigs getting hot and dying and what have you. So this, so he called the Moberly Fire Department, right? And they were happy to help, apparently. So they came down and they sprayed the pigs down and kept them cool while they were waiting for maintenance to come and fix the truck. You know, because pigs don't sweat. They roll around. In the mud, that's why they keep cool. That's why they're in the mud, because they don't sweat. So anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool, the local fire department, to do that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The Moberly Fire Department. How cool is that? Moberly, Missouri. All right, let's get moving on. All right, you guys hear me talk about getting over for tow truck drivers. Yeah, these are the guys that come out when you're in trouble. And they you know lift your vehicle up or get you out of a trapped vehicle or you know, help dig you out. These are the experts. These guys are... You know, they really put their lives on the line. So up in Montana, it was a snowy, ice-covered day, all right? And it happened at 6.20 a.m. on Sunday, October 25th, during slick road conditions between Columbus and Park City, Montana. According to the highway patrol, the two tow truck operators were on foot, working to recover a vehicle from a ditch along I-90 at mile marker 413 when the crash occurred. All right? This is insane. All right, people say, uh, sorry, not people. Police say that a semi-truck driven by a 57-year-old Minnesota resident came around a corner and slowed after spotting the two tow trucks. All right, so the tow truck came, you know, the, the truck driver came around the corner and, you know, he slowed down because he saw the tow trucks. That's what you're supposed to do. Very important, okay? Then what happened was an 18-year-old Utah resident who was driving a pickup truck hauling a trailer reportedly did not see the semi-truck's brake lights. The pickup driver swerved into the passing lane to avoid a collision with the semi and struck the two tow truck operators. First off, he shouldn't have been so close. He should have noticed that the truck was slowing down. Shouldn't have to rely on the brake lights. I mean, they help, but if he saw the truck slow down, he should have slowed down. He shouldn't have been that close. I don't know how close he was, but he was close enough to where he had to swerve out of the way. And he hit the two tow truck operators. The two tow truck operators were 28 years old and 37 years old. And they were pronounced dead at the scene. All right. The pickup truck and the semi-truck driver were both not injured, okay? And the, you know, the, there was no alcohol or drugs involved in the crash. Uh, but the cops said speed may have played a part. Well, the guy couldn't slow down. He was probably tailgating. So, yeah, speed did play a part. It is not clear whether charges will be filed. All right. And then, you know, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And this is the response. I'm not going to read the whole response, but it says, as you may have heard, we experienced the tragedy today that nobody should have ever have to experience. Two of our record drivers, whom we dubbed rescuers, went on, to two went on a two-truck call to respond to an accident blocking traffic on I-90. They were able to safely load one vehicle, but while loading the storage unit that it was towing, our two drivers were seamlessly or senselessly struck and killed by an oncoming vehicle who chose not to heed to our warning signs. So there were signs up, okay? Emergency responder flashers. Yes, the lights. You should have seen the lights. In general weather conditions, the roads were icy. Accidents happen. If they didn't, we wouldn't have a business, but the nature of this accident will haunt the families. All right, this is just, you know, 
this is insane, okay? I mean, these these guys were young. To everyone else, yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead here. It says here to everyone else, we implore you, please, please drive carefully and snowy, safely on snowy and icy roads. Don't try to save two minutes of time by driving faster. Don't pass big trucks in unsafe conditions. And please always note hazardous signs, emergency flares, light board signals from emergency response trucks, speed recommendations, anything. Because it's not just for your safety, it's for ours too. This never should have happened. We we will be po posting memorial and fuzz, you know, so they're going to put up stuff. So basically what it comes down to is these guys are out there and they're trying to help people out and this is their business and they got whacked you know by a pickup truck hauling a u-haul trailer is what it looks like in a photo just be careful out there it's winter time and as the uh, tow truck company stated you know putting your life for someone else's on life on the line to save two minutes isn't worth it you see these people working on the side of the road get over this stuff happens and it shouldn't but it does. And if you hit somebody, you're going to live with that the rest of your life. Just think about it. All right? Just think about it. All right, let's get moving on. Well, this one will go down as really fucking stupid. All right? <sighs> driver's nurse used to amaze me. Anyway, truck driver's facing multiple felony charges for allegedly injuring a Utah Highway Patrol officer while refusing to comply with a road closure last month. On Tuesday, October 27th, 61-year-old truck driver Larry Lovell was officially charged with assault against a police officer failing to respond to an officer's signal to stop, failing to stop for an injury accident and restricted use of a closed highway. Yeah, he's screwed. He's screwed. The charges stem from a September 15th incident that occurred in Salt Lake City after a trooper spotted a fuel spill on an I-215 off-ramp. The trooper then used his vehicle and traffic cones to set up a roadblock, and he activated his emergency lights. An incident management truck with activated lights also arrived on the scene to assist with the spill. It was then that police say that Lowell went around the orange cones to turn left to go towards the 215 southbound on-ramp and was passing the incident management truck. The trooper climbed on the semi's running board to tell Lowell to pull over. But he uh, allegedly refused and started picking up speed as he headed towards the ramp. You know, that's a really stupid thing to do. Court documents say that fearing for his life, the trooper jumped from the moving vehicle and rolled several times as he hit the ground. He suffered minor injuries to his hip and back. Yeah, you know, you do something like that, you're really going to have some problems in court. All right, you know. Police were able to locate Laval at a convenience store parking lot and arrested him at gunpoint. You know, at that point, they're not screwing around. You're going down. Laval later told investigators that he had driven off because he thought the trooper was a construction worker. Yeah, I think you better work on your story, buddy, because that one ain't going to work. All right, let's get moving on. All right, recently, back in August, uh, between the 23rd and the 29th, 2020, they had the brake safety week. Remember when they did the brake safety thing? So anyway, they tested 43,565 commercial vehicles were inspected. 12% of those vehicles, 5,156, were placed out of service for brake violations. In the U.S., 35,778 inspections were conducted. 4,565 vehicles were placed out of service for brake-related incidents. That's 13%, okay? In Mexico, 355 trucks of the... Uh, 5,958 commercial motor vehicles inspected were placed out of service for brake-related violations. It's only 6%. 
Mexico had a lower percentage than us. In Canada, 1,829 inspections were conducted, and the break-related out-of-service rate was 14%. So Canada had the worst inspection rate. We were second. And in Mexico, ironically, of all, well, they only checked 355 trucks, but still, out of 355 trucks, only 6% were put out of service. So that's pretty amazing. You know, that's uh, it's just unbelievable. So... That's it. That's what happened. This is in Canada and Mexico and the United States. So go check your brakes. It's probably one of the most important things on your truck. All right, let's keep moving on. All right, here's one. I do. I used to do hazmat a lot. And uh, when you do hazmat and you go across the I-70 corridor, by the way, make sure you got your chains on right now, you know, on the truck. Otherwise, you can't go across the I-70 corridor in Colorado. Anyway, over at Loveland... Not leveling. Um, the Eisenhower Tunnel. Yeah, it's a really long tunnel. Anyway, if you go through the Eisenhower Tunnel, you have to have um, chain. I mean, you can't have uh, hazmat. I'm screwing this up. You can't have hazmat. You can't be placarded for hazmat if you go through the tunnel. So this 43-year-old New York driver, uh, Marut Latafpav, entered a guilty plea on October 26th to charges of attempting to influence a public servant. Basically, he flipped the placards. He had placards, all right? He had uh, sodium hydroxide. I'm I'm guessing that's uh, probably a, you know, I don't know what that stuff is. I'd have to go look it up. Probably a, a corrosive is what I'm guessing. Class 8. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But anyway, he got a class 4 felony and, rec- and reckless endangerment class 3 misdemeanor. All right, according to the news release. So basically, uh, the sodium hydroxide originated in Tennessee was headed to a location in partial Colorado for the use in the mining industry. The substance is combustible. Oh, maybe it was combustible. Uh, uh, what is that, two? Probably two or three. Anyway, uh, the placard. After class, I don't remember. After entering the guilty plea of the two charges, Lapa was granted an unsupervised two-year jail deferred Sentence, including approximately $1,000 in court fines and cost. I'm not sure exactly what a two-year jail deferred sentence means, but he lost $1,000 and probably lost his license, or he's going to. Uh, don't If you're going to go through the tunnel and you got hazmat, go around level and pass. It's, uh, it sucks, but just do it. It's not a big deal. All right, let's get, uh, let's get moving on. Drivers, don't be lazy. It uh, will cost you a lot of money. All right, this one's funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. All right, Michigan troopers find auto hauler loaded with cars stolen from police departments. All right, Michigan State Police recently made an unusual discovery while following up on a trip tip about it. About, one more time, about a tip about a stolen car. All right, and the Michigan cop says the incident began on October 21st at about 10 p.m., when they received the 911 call regarding a stolen car with a GPS tracker attached. So somebody got their car stolen and they had a GPS tracker on it. They called the cops and said, look, this is where my car is tracking. You know, can you check this out? So the caller was able to provide the cops with the vehicle's location and the units were dispatched to a freeway in Van Buren Township. All right, so troopers initially believed that the vehicle was moving under its own power. Well, of course they did. Why else would they think anything else? But when they arrived on the scene, they discovered a car with the stolen vehicle's registration plate loaded on a commercial car carrier. Nice looking car carrier, too. So 
So this thing, <laughs> this thing is loaded onto this car carrier, this stolen car, right? So the troopers stopped the truck. Yeah, obviously, it makes sense, right? Now, during the traffic stop, the truck driver, resident of Long Beach, California, by the way, I used to live in Long Beach. I grew up, I was born in Lakewood, which is just down the street, stated that he had recently purchased the semi-tractor trailer and was currently en route to Belleville to pick up another vehicle. Well, he just purchased the trailer? That doesn't make any sense. Police conducted an inventory search of the tractor that resulted in the recovery of approximately $10,000 in cash. So the driver's running around with $10,000 in cash. Okay, that's going to put some red flags up. Troopers also found several vehicles, and this is the one that's going to blow you away, okay? Troopers also found several vehicles that had been stolen from local police stations. A 2020 Dodge Charger reported stolen out of Warren's Police Department. A 27 Dodge Challenger reported stolen out of a Detroit Police Department. And a 2018 Dodge Charger reported stolen out of Southfield Police Department were recovered. Apparently, they're under investigation. So, I'm sure somebody's on the end somewhere, you know, at some level, because basically they had three cars in this car carrier at least from three different police departments. I don't know if it was an impound yard or one of their cars, but three different cars from three different police stations were on this on this car carrier. Somebody's going to burn. Somebody is definitely going to burn. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a follow-up on that. We, sometimes we don't, though, so it would be interesting to see what happens. But try lying your way out of that one. Well, once again, something stupid. God, it, it just once I, I would like to report, we'll report something good. Anyway, last week, so last week, anyway, whenever the World Series was, the Dodgers won. I'm from Los Angeles originally, Pasadena, actually. But anyway, full disclosure, I live in Wisconsin. So some drivers driving through, it doesn't say exactly where, and there's a celebration in the streets of Los Angeles for the Dodgers winning. Hey, that's great. I understand that. But uh, they tagged a truck. They they wrote graffiti all over it. The driver's stuck in the truck. Uh, they opened the doors. They started looting the truck. And it just seems like it kind of took away the, you know, the victory for me i don't get it how does celebrating the victory of the dodgers winning how, how does looting a truck you know i don't understand that makes no sense all right let's get on all right now here's a selfless act definitely let you know the other side of the looting thing and this is pretty big all right despite a heart attack trucker's last act was to sear his rig off the road to safety now, this happened up near Kingston, Ontario, on October 23rd, 4.30 p.m. And according to the Windsor Star, 71-year-old truck driver Gary DeMars was hauling a load of cars westbound on Highway 401 when he had a heart attack during the rush hour traffic. And despite, in spite of the, the medical emergency, family, family members say that his last selfless act was to pull his truck to safely from the middle lane of a busy highway to the side of the road, potentially saving drivers. Wow. Yeah, poor man passed away, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, good for you, Mr. Myers. You were definitely a highway hero if there ever was one. All right, let's keep moving on. All right, this is a crazy one. Wyoming Department, Wyoming DOT, warns that some roads may go unplowed thanks to a new limited budget. No, your major interstates like your 25 and your 8 are going to probably be okay, but that means they're probably not going to have the resources that they've had in the past. So if you're going in cross I-80 
or one of the other interstates in Wyoming, but 80 is probably the biggest one that people use. Check the weather. And if you can go around it, go around Wyoming because you might get stuck. One year I got stuck there for 37 hours on the interstate because of bad weather. This is years back. So I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years back. But it does happen. So just be careful. All right? Keep that in mind. Wyoming's, well, they got a budget. So they got they can only work with what they got. So just be careful. And give the plow truck driver some space. You know, give him some space. All right? Let's get moving on. All right, here's one that's kind of interesting. A McKinney truck going through a McDonald's. I guess he was, I don't know, maybe he thought there was truck parking back there or something. Anyway, he drove around the back and then tried to go around the store. It looks like he's trying to go through the drive-thru. I don't think he was going through the drive-thru. I think he probably thought there was parking back there. But anyway, YouTuber, but going by the name of Remote Alley, caught it on tape. And, uh, you know, why do we say tape? It's it's digital now. But we say tape. Anyway, he caught it on tape. And uh, looks here, uh, you know, he took out a couple of trees, part of the fence, a curb. Uh, looks like he moved a big boulder. Uh, you know, this guy was just like, he was just going to go through. There's no way around it. I don't know. It's just kind of silly. I don't know what this guy was thinking. Anyway, that's all I got for today. There's not much going on. Like I said, it's a rough week. Uh, some losses. And, uh, you know, some people that I, I think the world is going to, yeah, the world's a sadder place. It's less colorful, at least. Every time you lose an artist, I think it becomes less colorful. There's, you can't put a price on it. It's just, you know, it is what it is. And I'm not sure what that is. You know, it's what we say when we, when we don't have an answer. We always say, it is what it is. There is no what it is. It's all garbage. But it is less colorful. That I know for sure. It's just... Just is just less colorful, and uh, you know, we'll deal with it, we'll move on, and we shall endeavor to persevere. That being said, I'm out. I hope you have a great week. Uh, you can contact me at 414 666 1926, that's 414 666 1926, or kingfishcafe at gmail.com. And the uh, subject line just put trucking the kingfish or something silly like that. Otherwise, I'll, I'll know it won't be spam. And um, have a great week. And uh, the U.S. elections are coming up. I think it's going to be crazy for here in the U.S. and U.S. But, you know, I hope you get out and voted. I don't care which way you vote. I just hope you vote. And if you didn't vote, please don't protest. If you're pissed off and you want to protest and you vote, okay, I'm okay with that. If you didn't vote, you were eligible. You know, you really shouldn't protest. You had your chance. And things don't go the way you want. Alright? That being said, have a beautiful week. Talk to you later.